I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Casey Cantrell. And welcome to Animation and Beyond. And this is the last part of our three-part series on Sesame Street, celebrating everything about Sesame Street. Yeah, for 50 years. And what are we going to be talking about on today's episode? The rest of this important related stuff about the show. Movies, specials, theme park attractions, books, and some other stuff. Right, and in all the 50 years that Sesame Street has existed, they have had a lot of spinoffs, which, coincidentally, is our word of the day. It's time for word of the day, new words. You can say new words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day. So, Ezra, what does spin-offs mean? That means something else, which is a follow-up to, like, a movie or show or a game that has some of the same characters and some different characters, and it's usually a different story. Exactly. What are some examples of spin-offs? One I know, for instance, in the 1980s, there was Star Wars Ewok Adventures, which was a spin-off with a different story focused on those furry creatures from Endor called Don't Miss the Ewok Adventure now on video cassette from MGM UA Home Video Yeah, Star Wars is a great example because especially nowadays they have a lot of spin-offs whether it shows a new one just got released called The Mandalorian that's on Disney Plus mm-hmm. so Star Wars has a lot of spin-offs and coincidentally so does Sesame Street and that's what we're going to be talking today in our feature presentation. Sunny day, sleeping up, clouds away. On my way to where the air is seen. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street? So to start, we will be talking about the movies that were based off of Sesame Street. Yes, this, there have been a couple, there, which were Follow That Bird, released in 1985, and then there was Elmo and Grouchland, released in 1999, and there's going to be another one in a couple years, similar to how there have been several Muppet films. Yeah, so let's start with the first film, Follow That Bird. As you said, it was released in 1985. It incorporates a lot of characters from the show. So the basic premise of the movie is that there's this social worker named Miss Finch, and She's part of the what's called the Feathered Friends Board of Birds. And they decide that Big Bird needs to be with a foster family of dodos. But the problem is that apparently in this <laughs> in this universe, dodos don't like non-birds. When he's being told that he's going to be stuck with this family, he's told that he'll have to leave his best friend behind, Mr. Snuffleupagus. Hmm. And he decides, no... And so he runs away. So tell us what happens in the movie after he runs away. He goes on a long journey to get back to Sesame Street. And he goes looking for his friends. And he gets tricked by two greedy con men called the Sleaze Brothers who run a carnival and just want to make money. And so they actually kidnap him and paint him blue. Yeah. And label him as the Blue Bird of Happiness. They were very dishonest people. They were really con men. So how does he get out of it? His friends come over and rescue him and to be brave and don't give up and gets reunited with his friends from Sesame Street. And so at the very end, Miss Finch realizes, actually, it's okay that Big Bird's 
family, quote unquote, consists of people and monsters. It's okay that it, his family isn't birds. It's not what it is on the outside, it's what it is on the inside. Exactly. So it's it's kind of that classic lesson. And of course, it's a Sesame Street movie, so it's going to be teaching life lessons to kids. Yeah, and it was a good movie. It was received near universal acclaim, but however, at the box office, it did flop because of other films that were released, like Back to the Future and Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Disney's The Black Cauldron, National Lampoon's European Vacation, and reissues of Gremlins, Ghostbusters, and E.T. It was really unfortunate timing with its release. And popularity-wise, there were others that were more popular. But nonetheless, it was well-received by critics back then. So now there's the other movie that was made in 1999, The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland. Oh, I remember first seeing it when I was very, very little. And what did what did you think of it when you first it saw it? It was funny, and some parts were a little scary, I remember, and it was entertaining, I remember. Well, we'll definitely get into that, but tell us, what was the film about? It focused on Elmo, the furry red monster, because at the time he was already one of the main characters like of the show, like we know he is today, and he was the main character on this in this film. Is about when he gets fixated on that fuzzy blue blanket that he chases after, and then... He goes down Oscar's trash can and where he chases after it and goes to a new world called Grouchland where other grouches live. And then he goes after his blanket and then he meets a creepy kleptomaniac person named Huxley who's very greedy and self-centered and bad-tempered, played by Mandy Patakin. And he has a he lives in a castle and Elmo goes on his journey and then his other friends from Sesame Street come and, and go to find him. And then he befriends a grouch girl named Grizzy and then some other creatures in Grouchland and the Queen of Trash who played by Vanessa L. Williams and then his friends come and rescue him and then Huxley gets arrested and Elmo gets his blanket back and he has a happy ending and he shares it with Zoe which they fought he fought it with Zoe in the beginning but then they got along better. Yeah at the beginning of the film we see they have a tug of war with the blanket and it actually rips in, yeah, in yeah, half. But, and then that's what caused the problem of the movie. But at the end, Elmo shares. Yeah, he learns to share. And then, But it was funny in the movie throughout the film when Bert and Ernie kept pausing the movie. Right, so this <laughs> film actually breaks the fourth wall a lot. There's this one great moment actually when he first meets the, the queen. So he's being taken to the queen charged with trespassing mm -hmm. in Grouchland. And there were those two creepy but funny-looking garbage monsters. And part of the trial, I guess, is that the queen asks him to blow 100 raspberries in 30 seconds. <laughs> so Elmo actually turns to the audience and says, like, asks the audience to help him with that. 30 seconds to do 100... <laughs> Well, that's why it's called the ultimate challenge. Sure. Ready, set, let's go. <laughs> Hurry, you're wasting time. How can Elmo do this? How can Elmo do this? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Can you please help Elmo do raspberries like this? He's getting help. Is that legal? Come on, you can do it. You're so close. He's never going to do it. No way. Never been done. You better move it! 90! Oh, I love raspberries. Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you. So 
in the theaters, you have theaters full of kids blowing raspberries during this moment. And and also in the break, the fourth wall, although Bert and Ernie were not part of the overall story, they did pause the film every now and then throughout the movie when Bert got nervous that Elmo won't get his blanket back. And Ernie tells him, we're only in the middle of the story. We're not even at the end yet. And don't worry, it'll get happier. Right. So there's a lot of meta levels to this movie. It's really, really interesting, actually. But it is interesting to me that that Bert and Ernie were not actually part of the story of the movie itself. They were the ones who just paused the story. Right. So they acted like proxies Mm. of the audience. Yeah. As you said at the beginning, there were some moments that you thought were scary. Huxley was pretty scary, I remember. He was pretty kleptomaniac and sneaky, I remember. And he was dishonest and selfish and liked taking things that belonged to others, especially Elmo's blanket. I always thought he always gave children nightmares, too. <laughs> I also remember the chicken who appeared, which was kind of a, also kind of a scary part, but I thought was funny, too. But there was a lot of really silly funny parts, too. The pesties, who were Huxley's former henchmen, those bugs, who I thought were similar to the, to the Nerdlucks from the Looney Tunes movie Space Jam. And there was also Bug, who was also Huxley's henchman, who was a bit more innocent and more lovable compared to Huxley, but then he turns his back on Huxley and becomes friends with Elmo at the end. Tells him why he hates him for being a, a dishonest man. It turns out that Huxley's greed backfires on him and everyone teams up in Grouchland, all the other grouches. And turn their back on Huxley for being somebody nobody liked. Yeah, so... And for being such a big bully, too. So there's a lot of, again, a lot of valuable lessons taught in the movie. Similar to Follow That Bird. Unfortunately, also like Follow That Bird. Although it had a favorable response from critics, it did flop, I heard. Yeah, it's pretty strange because it was the only family film at the time. There wasn't an issue so much of competition. It just for whatever reason, didn't really resonate or didn't really reach out to yeah. to people. But a lot of people thought it had a good story. Younger kids and some older audiences liked it. Well, that's the thing, that sometimes movies can be great, but for whatever reason, they just don't do well at the box office. It did have a tie-in video game release and also three children's books based on the movie. Oh, nice. So there were spinoffs based on the spinoff. That's great. And it was also the final involvement with Frank Oz, along with... Muppets in Space, which was released earlier that year, before he retired. Sadly, Jim Henson had passed away earlier in the decade. Yeah. So Frank Oz was the one of the last original puppeteers on the show when he retired after this movie. Well, those movies, though, despite flopping, were, were fairly well received. And, you know, speaking of movies, there is a new movie that's coming out soon. It'll be released June 4th of 2021. It doesn't have an official title yet, but the main human lead will be played by Anne Hathaway. And that's the thing, is that if you look at these older movies, there wasn't necessarily any star power attached to them. You mentioned a couple of actors who were in Adventures of Elmo, but they weren't like A-list celebrities. Anne Hathaway is a bigger name. So maybe that, that'll be what it takes to push the film and, and also make it successful. Follow that bird focused mostly on Big Bird and Elmo and Grouchland focused mostly on Elmo. But I'm hoping this one focuses on a lot of the different characters. Maybe Cookie Monster, Bird and Ernie, Oscar, and a bunch of the others. Not just Big Bird or just Elmo. That's a good point. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So those are the movies, but also... It might surprise some of you to know that that Sesame Street also has a few spin-off shows. Yes, and there have been several. So the first one that came out was 
play with me sesame so what made that show different from its counterpart sesame street a little bit more interactive and it was also aimed more at the preschool audience where sesame street really appealed to a broad spectrum of audiences whether you were older or younger well i watched it in preschool kindergarten first grade i remember exactly but play with me sesame was aimed more at that preschool like maybe for like three to five also slightly less sophisticated because it was reaching to a younger audience and it had segments in it that were fun and interactive hosted by ernie bert grover or prairie dawn but a bunch of the other main cast of the show were in it as well yeah, so that was Play With Me Sesame. That was the first one. The next one came out a few years later in 2014 called Furchester Hotel. Welcome to the Furchester Hotel. Your room is ready for you. Just need to get the bed. The lamp, the desk, the rug, the sink, a pillow for your head. <laughs> the hotel's run by monsters. The staff's beyond compare. We've got the kind of service you want was on from 2014 until 2017 and it was a, a british spin-off specifically really on cbb's the preschool block to bbc so what was that show about? took place in a hotel called the Furchester hotel which is kind of like the former location the furry arms hotel on sesame street which is one of the former locations from the show but this Furchester hotel was had cookie monster and elmo and abby and some other characters it also had some characters who only appeared in that show, like Vanilla Burchester, who was the main character, and then Burgess Fuzz. And one of the characters in it was the first appearance for a pink monster who's a new main newer main character on the show named Gonger. Uh, you mean on Sesame Street? Yes, and he did, made his debut on Sesame Street itself a couple years ago, and he's mainly appeared on the Cookie Monster's new foodie truck segments. That's so interesting. So there's crossover from the spinoffs into the main So after format. it ended, he, he moved from that show to be a new main character on Sesame Street. That's really cool. Yeah. So those are two shows that existed before, but there's a new one that's just come out, I believe? Yes, it is, and it's called Helpsters, and it's on the new streaming service, Apple TV+, Plus, which already launched right before Disney Plus launched. And what's Helpsters about? About a bunch of some Muppets who want to help people do what they want to do. The main character is a girl Muppet named Cody, and they come up with cool plans to help them. So apparently one big component of that show is that there's a big emphasis on coding. So it, it helped teach his kids how to code. Like computer? Code? Yeah. I get what you're saying because the main character's name is Cody. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. That's funny. So an idea is that it teaches coding to kids in a fun easy to digest way it's cool the digital age computer stuff that sesame workshop has gotten into that modern stuff nowadays especially for younger kids to do especially because those kind of skills are increasingly becoming more and more important both for older people and for younger people right and so one effective way of teaching anything is to teach it to kids when they're young i know yeah yeah so that's a new show that's come out I forgot to mention one other one, which was The Electric Company. 
It was like Sesame Street, only for older kids, though, but it didn't last as long. And was a little more sophisticated. Right, for like teenagers. Yeah, and it was on from like 1971 until 1977. Mm-hmm. It did get a revival on PBS Kids from 2009 until 2011. Interesting. So they tried to make it work again, but apparently it still struggled to connect. Yeah. So those are the shows that were based off of Sesame Street or affiliated with Sesame Street. But like any other franchise that exists, there have also been specials based on the show. So things like holiday specials, parodies on classic books, movies, yeah, that sort of thing. So there have been many specials of based on Sesame Street, which they have made from over the years. What are some examples? There have been specials like Christmas Eve on Stress, Sesame Street, Big Bird in China, Don't Eat the Pictures, Sesame Street, 20 Years and Counting, Sesame Street Stays Up Late. What was uh, the there is one Big Bird in China was a special that where Big Bird goes to the Great Wall of China. And Barkley the dog came along with him. Mm-hmm. And don't eat the pictures. Sesame Street at the museum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art was when the gang goes on an adventure and, and Big Bird looks for Snuffleupagus. And Cookie Monster is too tempted at eating the pictures because that's why it has the name. Don't eat the pictures. How to behave? Now me tell you. For instance, you see pretty picture of lady. Look like chocolate hair, vanilla dress, almond eyes. Cheeks color oatmeal cookie, and you say, See, pretty picture with plenty inside. Looks so delicious, me fit to be tied. Me love to eat it with sugar and cream. But no, 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 me know the rule. Picture exciting, but not for biting. Don't eat the picture. No, no, no. Don't eat the picture. No, no, no. Don't eat the picture. Yeah, so so he tries to eat the actual art. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It reminds me of a friend I know who she just can't help but touch art when she goes to museums. Even though it has the rule, do not touch. Except that's what I try to tell her, but she doesn't listen. Wow. There's also like ones like Elmo Palooza, which was which featured some singers and celebrities in it performing with Elmo. Nice. And it was released in 1998. That's actually something that we haven't talked about much yet, is that Sesame Street has included a lot of guest stars over the years, whether it's in just normal episodes or in specials, some big name talent. So like Elmo Palooza, like Lollapalooza, but it's hosted by Elmo. So what were some of the guest stars who appeared on that special? Like Richard Beltzer, Tony Bennett, uh, Madonna, Chris Rock, Rosie O'Donnell, Andy Richter, Martin Short. And it did feature most of the other main characters. Nice. But it focused on Elmo performing with guest stars. There was also ones they did like Cinder Elmo, which was like, you probably guessed it, based on the Cinderella fairy tale, but with Elmo. But as somebody who dreams of being a prince, like a gender swapped version of Cinderella. Interesting. And what was that like? It was kind of a funny retelling of the classic Cinderella fairy tale. Like Elmo, instead of... The characters, like two of some of the characters playing Elmo's, like Cinderella stepsisters, it's stepbrothers. And it was the last Sesame Street television special until nearly a decade later with Elmo's Christmas Countdown in 2007. Gotcha. Yeah, and then 
Abby in Wonderland, which focused on Abby Cadabby, and it was a clever retelling of Alice in Wonderland. And Elmo, instead of playing the white rabbit, because he's Red the Red Rabbit. <laughs> and Grover plays the Mad Hatter, Cookie Monster, Cheshire Cat, Count as the Caterpillar, Bert and Ernie as Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and Oscar as the Grouch of Hearts instead of the Queen of Hearts. I see. Yeah, so like any other franchise, a lot of specials and well, a lot of fun specials. I know. It's also gotten theme park attractions. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. This theme park, which is in Pennsylvania, which is going to get its own here in California soon in San Diego, is called Sesame Place. It's in Pennsylvania and it originally opened in 1980. And it's a theme park mainly geared to, toward younger kids, but it's for all ages who love it, who love it to go. And SeaWorld in San Diego has a Sesame Street play area and there's also a Sesame Street land in SeaWorld, Florida. Mm-hmm. There used to be a Sesame Street place that was in San Antonio, I believe. Yes, but it was short lived because it didn't really match the success or popularity of other parks. And there's also one. I, I want to say there's one in Japan that was there until 2006, but it was not related to this one we're talking about. Yeah, it's not. It's like not affiliated with was not affiliated with the one that's part of SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. And then the exciting is that in. 2021 there's going to be one in san diego next to SeaWorld, and it'll be being built where aquatica the water park is yeah so what kind of what characters what can you yours there are some rides and some things you can do a lot of it's targeted for younger kids but all ages can go and there has meets and greets of the different characters so a lot like disneyland in a way but it's all completely sesame street themed right there's also in universal studios Singapore, there was there was a ride that first opened in 2013 called Spaghetti Space Chase. And what's that based it was, on? It was a dark ride with animatronics. You ride in a car, and I think it also features the Martians, and the, the Sesame Street gang goes after spaghetti. Spaghetti? It's kind of a funny ride, yeah. By spaghetti, you mean they're, they're just, like, trying to get food? Yeah, and being spaghetti being caught by aliens. So the aliens are taking the spaghetti and the and the Sesame Street characters are trying to get it back. Yeah, even Cookie Monster, especially because he likes all kinds of foods other than just cookies. I know his name's a little misleading in that regard. He just likes eating. I know. And then there's Sesame Street 4D Magic at Universal Studios Japan, which also used to be in some other parks. Mm -hmm. It's similar to the Muppet Vision they had a California Adventure and currently have at Hollywood Studios. Only that those ones are for the Muppet Show. This is for Sesame Street. Can you explain what that is? It references different movies and, and stuff. And you put on 3D or in this case, 4D glasses. It features the different characters. And in Universal, it first opened in Universal Studios Japan in 2003. Nice. Next, let's move on to books. So, as we've said multiple times already, the show's been around for 50 years, which means there have been a lot of books based on the show. Dozens and dozens and dozens of books. One I know, which is one of the most well-known Sesame Street children's picture books, is The Monster at the End of This Book, starring Grover. Tell us about that book. In that book, Grover breaks the fourth wall, and I remember it being a really funny book. 
where Grover thinks there's a scary monster at the end of this book, and he tells the reader to stop turning pages or we'll get to the end of this book. Mm -hmm. But then he sees at the end, he was the monster at the end of this book, and there was nothing scary. (laughs) That's funny. And it was followed by a sequel called Another Monster at the End of This Book with Grover and Elmo. And that best-selling classic Sesame Street golden book will get an animated special called The Monster at the End of the Story for HBO Max in 2020. Oh, that's really cool. And another book that you actually mentioned on the first part of this series, specifically, it's called I Think That This Is Wonderful. Yeah, but it had poems featuring the different characters. So actually, Ezra, you said that you wanted to read a poem from I Think That This Is Wonderful. The strangest word. A friend of mine once used a word, the sound of which is so absurd. I was amazed at what I heard and stood there quite astounded. I finally gasped. Is that word real? My friend said yes, and what you feel is just the thing to help you reveal this strange absurd's word's meaning. My mouth went wide, and so did my eyes. In fact, they grew to twice their size. As I stood there in shocked surprise, I don't know how I lasted, for what I felt was what I've learned is meant by flabbergasted. Yeah, and that poem actually features Big Bird. And also Little Bird. And Little Bird. They're talking, and so that's the framing device for the poem. So a round of applause for Ezra. The good, fun, classic book from my childhood. Right. I also remember other good books, too. Like, a lot of earlier ones were books that were read-along books, like with came with a vinyl record or a cassette tape or a CD. Mm -hmm. Another classic Sesame Street book, I remember was another one that breaks the fourth wall called Oscar's book, where Oscar tells the reader to stop reading my book and go away because he's a grouch. <laughs> and another really good one I remember very well was called Cookie Monster and the Cookie Tree, where Cookie Monster, there's a witch who lives in a forest outside Sesame Street, and she grows a tree that talks, and she does a spell to, because Cookie Monster doesn't want Cookie Monster eating her cookies is a magical cookie tree that would only give cookies to people who share them. And then he goes, Cookie Monster goes back to Sesame Street to tell his friends to come and share cookies with him. But they think he's they think he's joking around because he doesn't seem to share cookies. And then the witch is struggling once herself wants a cookie. So she tries to change the tree back to give it to her. But her spells can't be changed back. So they both have to learn how to share. But it was a funny and clever book, I remember. Mm hmm. It was it was released in 1977 and illustrated by Joe Matthew, who's a writer and illustrator of many children's books and also illustrated many books based on Sesame Street, as well as some based on the Muppets. Yeah. So lots of famous books based off of the show, lots of valuable lessons that they teach, lots of fun, entertaining stuff, lots of colors, lots of characters, a lot of great stuff. Yeah, they still do children's picture books based on the show today. And there's a lot of good ones I've seen that that are fairly newer ones and some re-releases of some classic ones. Yeah, so those are just some of the many, 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 many spinoffs based on the show. We couldn't possibly cover them all because there just have been so many, as you would expect. Sesame Street is so endless. And the characters are just so much fun that I feel like you can do a lot of different things with them. Yeah. So I think that'll be it for this episode. Green. So that will be it for our very, very special series on Sesame Street. 
We hope that you learned a lot of new fun facts about the show. It's one of our favorites, definitely one of my favorites from my childhood. Yeah, as well as mine. So we will close it out on that note. I believe next week is Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. We wish you a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. We hope you, if you're driving or flying somewhere, that it's a safe trip and that you have a lot of fun. And as always, if you like what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon. Our website is patreon.com slash animation and beyond. Patrons get access to exclusive content, including the Podcast Diaries, which is a editorial series that we're doing where we talk about the process behind making our podcast. But before we finally let you go, we have a trivia question to give you. So we all know that characters like Cookie Monster, Grover, Elmo, and Telly are monsters, and Oscar is a grouch. But do you know what kind of Muppets Bert and Ernie are? That is a fantastic trivia question. So if you know the answer, give us a shout on Facebook or send us an email at animationandbeyond at gmail.com. Otherwise, again, happy Thanksgiving, and we'll yeah. see you on the other side. Animation and Beyond is written and produced by Ezra Fieldsmeyer and Casey Cantrell, with music by Noam Fieldsmeyer. We'd like to give a big thanks to the family and friends who have supported this podcast. Got a comment, question, or recommendation for future episodes? Let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook page or send us an email at animationandbeyond@gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Bye! See you later. Bye.